0: The, are the chariots race madly through the streets. They rush to and fro with the spirits. They gleam like torches, they dart like lightning. He remembers his officers. They stumble as they go. They hasten to the wall. The siege tower is set up. The river gates are opened. The palace melts away. Its mistress is stripped. She is carried off. Her slave girls lamenting, moaning like doves and beating their breasts. Nineveh is like a pool whose waters run away. Halt, halt, they cry, but none turns back. Plunder the silver, plunder the gold. There is no end of the treasure or of the wealth of all precious things. Desolate, desolation and ruin. Hearts melt and knees tremble. Anguish is in all loins. All faces grow pale. Where is the lion's then? the feeding place of the young lions, where the lion and lioness win, where his cubs work, with none to disturb? The lion stood up his and strangled prey for his lionesses. He filled his caves with prey, and his bands with torn flesh. Behold, I am against you, declares the Lord of hosts, and I will burn your chariots in smoke, and the sword shall devour your young lions. I will cut off your prey from the earth, and the voice of your messengers shall no longer be heard.
1: Wow. What does this sound like? How would you summarize this? God whipped him. God whipped him. That's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, this is devastating. Wow. Now, we know historically who conquered Nineveh. Who did? What nation? Babylon. Babylon. Know the year? 612. That's right, 612. And uh, we know a decent amount about that. And uh, when they conquered Nineveh, the the Assyrians retreated to some other places like Haran and Carchemish. But in short order, in a very few years, Babylon just totally (coughs) annihilated and engulfed the whole Assyrian empire. it was a very quick thing. It was probably only about 15 years. From the time Assyria was at the peak of their, you know, strength to where Nineveh was gone. these are very rapid demise. And uh, here he's sort of picturing the, the army invading and Nineveh being destroyed. It's a very uh, forceful picture. You look at verse 3, and you see the army. Professional, well-equipped, formidable. You read that, it's kind of Kind of sends a chill up your spine. In verse 4, you see the initial advance. And again, read that. And it just, whoa, kind of takes your breath away. It's, it's very fast-paced. And uh, you see in verse 5 and 6, the all-out attack. And uh, very, very rapid. And no place to hide. You see the aftermath starting in verse 7. You see the panic reigning. You see the, the grief. You see the order dissolved. You see a, a few trying to rally in verse eight to uh, to the defense, but to no avail. Um and, and you see the enemies in verse nine plundering. You know, the Ninevites are reaping what they have sown. The Assyrian kings repeatedly in their annals talk about. The massive treasures they collected by conquering and robbing other nations. Now their treasure is taken. Uh, there's just con- there's so much gold and silver and wealth that the Babylonians are just coming in and taking. It's just it, it's almost pathetic. You know it, it's it's a little hard not to feel sorry for Nineveh here. It's just so devastating. You know, verse ten, she's empty. She's desolate and waste. Hearts are melting. Knees knocking. Anguish in the whole body. Their faces are pale. Sheer terror. This, I I just, I think passages like three to ten. Man, if you read that, it just really puts you into the the feel of the mood of it. You just see the devastation and destruction. And so, Nahum is considered to be probably, perhaps the best literature in the Bible. It's very well written from a, a literary or a poetic standpoint. It's considered to be you just know, very uh, impressive way of describing all this. And, and and that comes through even in English as you're reading that. This is a well done thing. This is really really makes you feel the the picture. Comments and questions through verse 10. Verse 6, it says the palace melts away. Yeah. Just just really graphic images. And they're all a very, they're very total, they're very sudden. Uh, they're, they're devastating. It's almost the sort of thing that that you know you hate to comment on. Your comment almost slows down the pace of the, the book. You know, this is just, uh, wow, this is just kind of blow after blow. You just almost read this and are you out of breath. And I think that's very much the, the spirit of this. You see in verse 11, the question, where is the dead of the lions? Now, interestingly, the kings of Assyria compared themselves to lions. That's, 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 that's the uh, symbol they use for themselves well where is the lion's den anymore <laughs> it's gone uh, you know you, you can't find it uh, and again as I suggested after Babylon destroyed Nineveh there was a, a Greek historian in 401 if I'm not mistaken that wrote that he, he tried to find Nineveh and couldn't find it didn't know where it was it, that's unusual, usual. A city may be destroyed, but you have the ruins of the city, you know where it was, it's just not inhabited. And uh, it was very typical at that time that you'd build new cities on top of old cities. You know what they call the site where you have various levels of cities? Yeah, called? a tell. Yeah, it's a tell. And the tells were like kind of, you know, bounded up because you had you know, cities destroyed over the centuries and other cities built on top of them so that the cities would actually be somewhat elevated. I've never been there to actually see that. Uh, but but that's what yet. For Nineveh to be such a great city and just, just wiped off the map is really a remarkable thing. Uh, I don't know, I'm not an expert in this, but I don't know of other cities in antiquity this great that we just didn't even know where they were at where is the lion's dick and, uh, and then he concludes in verse 13 behold I'm against you that is the big thing for his people what does God always say I am with you yeah, I'm with you that, that's such a comfort. What, would, what happens when God reverses this and it's I'm against you that is not a uh, hopeful sign <laughs> yeah it's really bad i'm against you and god's going to destroy me. no longer will the voice of your messengers be heard the universe 13 that reminds me of something do you remember any messages from assyrian messengers in the bible Who remembers that? Rabshakeh, in connection with which king? Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Yeah. No more Assyrian messengers trying to intimidate uh, the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Which chapter in Isaiah was that? Isaiah, it's 36. 36. Are there questions and comments, things you'd like to say here about chapter 2? In 11 and 12, um, you're talking about 11 uh, with how the king is himself to him, so lions so and now he can't play a lion's thing. But what about 12, where you have lions and <coughs> other prey? How uh-huh, the lion tore it up for his cubs, killed enough for his lionesses and filled his lairs with prey. His gens were torn flesh. I think he's just saying that's what the lion had done. You know, it has been an impressive lion and now he's gone. That's what I see. Other covenants. Chapter 3 verses 1 to 7.